Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show. Edge Rush. Week two of the NFL, and it is fair to say, Ollie the producer, aka Ollie Thornton, aka Prop O, we are feeling pretty good about ourselves right about now, aren't we? Yeah, we are feeling pretty good about ourselves. The only thing that would have made us feel 10 times better is if the Ravens had managed to close out Monday Night Football and not completely collapse. You are not going to believe me. You are not going to believe me. I know you're not going to believe me. I know some of, our, some of our listeners are. Well, they will know the kind of stand-up guy that I am. <laughs> so I swear that I was going to message you on Monday and say, I really am really worried about the Ravens. The way that... So was I, though, went, to be oh, fair. So oh, was God, I, yeah. I was also good. really worried about them. Uh, I was more worried about them as time went on. Mm. Because everything just, else came in for us, right? Pretty much. We kinda, pretty much, yeah. We did pretty well. So let's run through. Let's let's start by puffing out our chests and bigging ourselves up with what we put out last week and what came in. So we the over in the Chiefs Browns game and then some. We liked that a lot and that landed. Well, that was your lock of the week. So give yourself that was my Drew that. Lock of the that week. was your that was your Drew lock of the week. My Drew lock of the week was the under in the Broncos Giants game, which nearly right. got backdoored, nearly got backdoored <laughs> by that Daniel Jones yeah. deciding to wait until the last seconds for that touchdown. So yes. that nearly got backdoored, but that did come in and was pretty strong the whole way. I think, so, you know, I think when you get an over in a game like Browns Chiefs, you get wild applause, uh, you know, hysterical cheering. When you, when your Drew Lock of the Week is an under, <laughs> I think you should just get very. Very polite applause. 
That's See, I, I completely disagree. See, I think it takes more cojones mm-hmm. to take an under for the Drew Lock of the Week because the over, like you're having a good time when you're doing mm-hmm. it. Whereas the under, you're buying into yeah, an evening of yeah. absolute horror. Because <laughs> every time it cuts to that right. game on Red Zone, you're like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And it's like, all you want to do is not see the game come that up game, on Red yes. Zone. Yes, That's all you want. Yeah, and that is just terrifying. You don't want that. No, no, no one no, no. wants to not enjoy their evening. Yeah. So I think I actually deserve more credit. Whereas for you, oh yeah, I get. I have to watch Browns, Chiefs and hope for loads of points. It's so a like, good how argument. How tough is my evening? It's, yeah. it's a good argument. I do feel uh, relieved that I didn't follow my heavy instinct uh, underpinned by very little science and take the over in the Carolina game. That was something I was, I I was pushing that to you for a long time and uh, all week and that that unfortunately didn't happen. So that was good. So we got a lot of Drew Locks of the week, which was good. Your, how do your prop bets get on? So my prop bets were interesting. So basically, and this is what you'll see change this week is, as you said quite rightly last week, that any time bets are always a little bit of a lottery yeah. and they, they were that was perfectly encapsulated last week so the Adam Thielen one came in and I think mm-hmm. he is one of the few counter arguments to that point because mm. he is someone who isn't necessarily going to get loads of yards week in week out but is a red zone target mm-hmm. I mean Brandon Cooks couldn't have really had a better day could he against the Jags I mean he honestly I mean people are now picking up in his fancy leagues like he honestly looked like their number one re- receiver and then some, and mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people will be backing him this week to go over in his yardage, but he was one yard away from scoring a touchdown. Damian Harris, another Same example. Thing, right? We yeah. went in and then they called it back on the they one. They called right? it back. He went for a hundred yards. I know he had the key fumble loss, but at the same time, when I made those bets, I expected them to dominate and that mm-hmm. was going to come through with a touchdown, but they can dominate and not always score a touchdown. And that was where we ended up losing with Harris and Cooks. But I still am pretty confident in both of them. Like, I think I was pretty, I was right in my argument, but I was just wrong in the bet, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it does. And it's a good point you you often make, which is looking at the balance between uh, a touchdown scorer and uh, the over under and typically the over on, on yardage, right? Uh uh, for an individual player, if you think it's a good matchup, I uh, am going to sneak in a prop bet and propose prop bets. No way. Say, um, you're getting quite into them. I like it. I like it. I like, you're, you're, I I like you got it. me into the prop bets. You, got like the, you had Devontae Smith. You didn't say on the podcast, but you, you said last week that you had him score a touchdown. I had Devontae Smith. Uh, I took you took your Thielen bet as well. I also... Uh, uh, whiffed on the, the ones you whiffed on because I, I back you all. That's the you know that's the respect I have for you because mm. I know, as indeed our listeners know, that you spend every minute of your waking life studying and pouring over data and stats and graphs and charts. <laughs> well, above all, actually, on that point, above all, how fun was Sunday? Oh, I mean, yeah. how crazy was Sunday? I mean, we we joked about. It. Of course, I took. Of course, I took the 49ers minus eight and a half. Of course, I did. Sensational. I mean, it was, but, I, but when you get a bad beat like that, that is so ridiculous. It just kept coming back, you know, and then it was the Lions. Of course, they're going for two. They're going for two. It was, oh, Amazing. of course, they're going to make it. They're going to make it. Of course, they're going to make it. Yeah, they got no. the ball back. I don't believe this. I was just sitting there. And by, I went from that. Um, I'm sure many of us and many of our listeners out there have gone through this emotion of, are you, that one's a lock. I'm surprised they haven't actually kind of made an early payout to, okay, uh-oh, oh my God, feeling sick to the pit of my stomach and then going almost full circle and laughing at the yeah, yeah, yeah. of it all. It's such a ridiculous bad beat. That the one I that um, I it. didn't actually get on, but I was going to and then talk myself out of it was, did you see Titans Cardinals mm. over under was 51 and a half. <laughs> It hit 51 points with yeah. three minutes left in the third quarter. 
and it finished with it finished 51, 51 points. points. Oh my god, I hate, I hate those. I hate imagine those. that. Imagine You're that. I'm so relieved. I'm like, that. yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I oh, I hate those. I'm usually <laughs> always on that as well. I'm usually always on that. But going on the um, what I thought was interesting this week, going on firstly the if you look at the Chiefs game, if you look at the obviously we did lose the Edrush Hacker because the Ravens lost. Yeah. One thing that I think maybe betters and just the general public didn't really take into account this week from what we saw last year was how much of an impact the home crowd was going to make. Mm. If you look at Arrowhead, I honestly think that part of the reason why the Browns struggled so much in the second half was because, especially when the Chiefs started getting rolling, was because yeah. of how loud that crowd was. If you speak to any of those, loads of people who went to the Bengals game, mm. so that the crowd had a massive role to play in the Vikings kind of stumbling their way in that game and kind of getting behind the team. And then I don't think there's any game that probably encapsulated it more than Monday night. I I mean, it was that atmosphere. Raider Nation was flying. Got to sort this out. We were talking with our friend Tom Deacon on uh, the preview pod. That is out right now. Uh, If you haven't heard it already, go check it out in the the vault, in the library, uh, looking at some uh, of this weekend's action with the great Tom Deacon. Very funny, very funny, man. It's a very Mm. funny show. We were talking about that, weren't we? The, the, how much do we need to get to a Raiders game? Oh, come on. Oh, oh, I have to go. I have to go. Got to do it. I mean, I am, I am so happy that Vegas has a, <laughs> has a team. I know. For you Raiders fans out there, Oakland, LA, whichever your Raiders, uh, Raiders Providence or whatever your Raiders Providence, I get it. It's not fun when your team up sticks and move, but respect to Raider Nation because they were, they were oh, representing, representing on Monday night. And, and I, I love the fact that Vegas has a team. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to have more prop bets. We're going to have another uh, three team money line. We're confident about this one. Uh, we think, even though we changed it. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say last minute. Yeah. We started recording. Uh, Matilda, Matilda, the cat, her, she's going to pick Sunday night football for us. Uh, as promised. So we're very excited about that. But let's start with Monday Night Football. Uh, we'll lead off with that. Lions-Packers. And this is, uh, as I you would imagine, unbelievably stacked the Packers way because it is going to be after that ridiculously abject performance of week one. They're going to bring the pain, the Lions suggests on the Lions who showed a lot of fight, of course, in that 49ers game, but nobody's really taken them seriously in Lambeau. If we're talking about home field advantage, Aaron Rodgers is going to go off. That's what we're being led to believe. How heavy a favorite are they? Oh, they are 11 and a half point favorites currently. Son stretching out there. Yeah. Right? So it started at 10 and a half yeah. It moved to 11 and then it moved back to 10 and a half, 10 and a half. I guess that was after the Packers, dismal display against the Saints and then it's now moving out to 11 and out to 11 and a half I mean the one reason why I think that's the case is because do you know what I think is funny Nat is we did it we did a show last year on it and you kind of said okay the problem is with everyone's doing it now and I think the week one overreaction thing Mm. do you now think it's got to the point where it's overreaction inception where everyone's now overreacting to the overreactions a little bit too much. Yes. And yes, no one's actually absolutely. taking anything from week one seriously whatsoever. It's a great point. It's got so meta. It's got it has. So it really has. It's rolling in on itself. It is. We are increasingly, I think, seeing the NFL rolling into a, a, a Lynchy and a David Lynch style, I mean, alternate reality. I was talking to, we're talking with Iron Mike about that and, and talking about Rogers. He just looked like, the uh, evil Agent Cooper from the more recent Twin Peaks, that everything about him was kind of him, but 
of course, Carl McLaughlin, the same actor, plays the part, but then it's oh, it's all together wrong at the same time. I was chatting with our friend Will Gavitt about this as well, of course, and the, the Talk Sport coverage rolling every Sunday. Uh, make sure you check that out from five o'clock each and every Sunday on Talk Sport 2. The, um, we were talking about the number, the number changes and how that is a, a massive problem now as well. And it, and it feels like you think, is that a punter or is that a <laughs> defensive end? What yeah, is, I know, it's what crazy. What is going on? And the, the world is on a but it's a great point you make that I think there is an overreaction to the overreaction. So that kind of levels it back out again. I am, I am <laughs> drinking the Kool-Aid left, right and centre of the Packers here. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to unleash hell I know Bakhtiari's out. I know everybody's throwing these stats around. This was one that I've seen beamed around a lot. The PFF grades, which we we look at a lot. And I know they have a, a divided opinion, generate divided opinion, but there's a lot of good data. And, and you would know as the king of data, probably. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on PFF, even if some of it isn't uh, always mm-hmm. bang on point. Uh, and particularly when you look at the numbers, right? Rogers earned the lowest grade from a clean pocket in week one. The lowest grade from a clean pocket in week one, which, you know... So, uh, the Lions allowed almost 450 yards, 314 of those from Garoppolo. Uh, Devontae Adams is going to go off. Aaron Jones is going to go off. The, the Packers are going off. I, this, I would take this up to 14. Two touchdown winners easily. Uh, I can't really argue with that whatsoever. <laughs> like, honestly, it doesn't really, there is, I don't see any way in this game that the Packers don't bounce back. I mean, they have been, excellent at bouncing back after losses under Matt Lafleur. Mm-hmm. He is in his third season and they are 6-0 and following a loss in the regular season under his watch. And what they've done offensively is even better than that. Mm-hmm. In games after a loss, they have averaged 33.2 points per game. So guess what I'm going to hammer here now? Mm. The team total. The 30 team and a half. total. 30 and a half. I'll Love take it every well. single day of the week. The only reason why 11 and a half is slightly dangerous is obviously because of the fact that what we saw against the 49ers, I mean, the 49ers absolutely destroyed the Lions in every single fashion of that game. But at the same time, like you can always have a backdoor cover with a number like that because the Packers might take out all of their week, all of their starters. We might see Jordan Love back in the game if they are 21 points up and they might concede 10 out of nowhere. Well, that's um, where, so, so my sneak, well, let's jump to my prop bet because it is on this game and it is on Rogers, right? And that is the, the great counter argument if you're going to take him. But I don't think he will. I, I, Rogers is not going to want to come out of this game even if they are coasting, but definitely not going to let, I know love, we saw a bit of love last week, but there's no way if they are rolling, I think he's going to want to throw five, six touchdowns. Uh, I think, where is it here? So I'm seeing what the latest uh, line is on Rogers. The only reason why I'd be interested in seeing what that line is, is because of how little they ran the ball. Mm. against the Saints. I understand they went down early. Yeah, well, that's but it didn't, a big Yeah, part, and yeah. but that makes sense. But they still weren't, they were only sort of down 17 points in the first half, which doesn't mean that you should completely abandon the run. And mm. especially when you saw how great the coverage was by the Saints in the secondary. I know their defensive front is also sensational, but mm. I found that quite interesting. So that's my only counterpoint to potentially his yards. But then if you're just, are you basically saying this is going to be a Rogers revenge game? Uh, one, yeah. one, I, I am so convinced of it. I'm so convinced of it. I, I think it's just everybody is saying, oh, the moment. I mean, as the game was playing out, everyone buzzing on Twitter. Well, what, what's the over-under on him being dealt by week five? So just everybody, please calm down. It was a, a terrible performance. Everybody has them from time to time. 
let's not overreact. And, and the Lions showed a credible fight. And we were joking about it on the pod with Tom, the fact that their fans were booing them within a, the first quarter of the season. <laughs> I mean, and surely they, their expectation levels were so low. Why were they surprised about what they were seeing? I, I, I love the fact they fought back. I'm not going to patronize any uh, you know, NFL team, NFL pro, uh, and say, oh, they, all this nonsense, they're not strong enough team for the NFL. And it's like a college team. And if Alabama and all of that rubbish, they have some Hawkinson's greats. I love Swift. Mm. Goff, I thought, showed a lot of fight. Um, that, you know, they've got, they've got talent, uh, of course, on the roster, but it is a raw head coach. There's no strength in depth. They are up against a, a very, very dangerous beast in a, a a pissed off Aaron Rodgers. He is ready to shut a lot of haters up. And I think this nothing look back to Yari, of course, prime is prime time as well. It's a prime time. You the know, Mannings are going to be watching. The Matt, yeah, oh God. <laughs> the Manning factor. I hadn't even thought of that. Of course, he's going to want to turn it on. Oh, I know you're like this in when you're playing, you know, a sneaky bit of six aside, you know that if uh there is a team uh, that is, if you, you know, you, we play in a league, for example, there's a team that has a game after you and they rock up, you, you know, you just kind of a little bit, I'm going to turn on my game a bit. At times that by 5 million. Yeah, <laughs> for Rogers, sure. Rogers, the Manning brothers are watching me. I'm, I'm going to show. So, yeah, Although I, it would make for better TV if Rogers does what he did against. Start the join up. Oh, yeah, boy. just completely start the join up and the Mannings have to sit there and try and polish that. That what do you think of, um, of of Monday Night Football and, and Russell Wilson in particular? I thought it was all brilliant. I think yeah. it was probably one of the more creative things that we've seen a broadcaster do in a long yeah. time. I don't yeah, know yeah. how much it was. Uh, was it Omaha Productions? Is that is the Peyton Manning's production team? It basically sounds like it. But I mean, those two are stars. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I think they're very entertaining. It was a great combination, and it's a very very smart approach considering that it's the combination of what is a developing streaming society, mm. but also combining that with two people who are incredibly well-informed about the game. And, and great I familiarity think, as well. Yeah, reasons, great right? familiarity. And I just thought it, you just learned so much watching it as well from Peyton, especially. It felt like Peyton had honestly prepared as if he was going to play quarterback for both teams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which I just think is brilliant. If he does that every week, then we're in for an absolute sensational set of Monday Night Footballs. Right, so we're hugely big on the Packers for Monday Night Football and looking forward to the broadcast to boot. I won't lie, just purely because of the fight that I saw Dan Campbell's team put up against the 49ers, I'm not going to take the Lions, mm. definitely not. Uh, mm. I wouldn't do that in a heartbeat, but I will be leaning to more towards the over, the team over. Than... I don't see there being any way they don't put up 13 and a half mm. points. If you're getting the same odds as that, as an 11 yeah. and a half point win or 12 yeah, point safer, win. Safer play. It's just a safer play. That's the I'm, only reason why I'd be leaning towards that. I'm going all in on both. Even if the Rogers <laughs> line is 500 yards, I'm, t- <laughs> I'm taking that. All right, Pat's Jets. Uh, this is an interesting stat that jumped out at me. The Patriots ran more plays with two tight ends in week one than they did in the whole of 2020. <laughs> wow. Yeah, 35, as we expected. We figured yeah. it, we'd, we'd see a lot of the 12. We figured they'd be going in, uh, rolling out their uh, their new signings, and they did that. Uh, of course, they fell short in the end, but I think there was a lot uh, against Miami, uh, New England this is, but there was a lot of cause for optimism mm. from Patriot Nation in terms of what they saw, not least, of course, because of the poise uh, of Mac Jones, who was very comfortable, I felt, and 
very much what we expected. Not necessarily flashy, not necessarily groundbreaking, but solid as a rock for a rookie quarterback in his first competitive start. Uh, very nice. Thank you very much. Uh, now, Trent Brown is a big injury issue, although reports at the time of recording this, and we are recording this on Thursday. So bear in mind when you're, uh, you're listening to this and uh, always worth some of the players we're talking about going to look at their status before you make your final play. Um, he is looking more rather than less likely to play. That's at least what's coming out, but who the hell knows until, until game day, the jets have got a bigger concern. Of course, Benton mm-hmm. definitely out. And that is a massive problem for all kinds of reasons. What do you make of Zach Wilson's debut? If Mac Jones was reasonably on point, Zach Wilson, not so much. Of. You say that, but I was actually quite impressed all around with his second half performance. The fact that he was sacked six times, mm. And I think that's always a difficult thing to overcome, especially if your offensive line is not performing. Then I think that's probably the worst thing that can happen to you as a rookie quarterback in your first game in the NFL. If you right. don't have the protection, if you don't have the time in the pocket. But for him to still throw two touchdowns mm. and put up over 250 yards, I think shows a lot of potential. And what I was most impressed with by the Jets was actually their second half adjustments. Mm. And I think that's a good sign because they went mm-hmm. down 60 nothing in the first half. And I thought that that was when Sam Darnold rushes for a touchdown. You're thinking, oh God, here we go. Jets all over again. It's just going to be one of those seasons where everything bad that possibly could happen to them does happen to them. But I thought that they showed character in the second half, both defensively, considering how many injuries they have. And I thought that... Um, Zach Wilson, the Disney quarterback, as I call him, I thought he actually showed a lot of fight and was having to run around a lot. He was having to scramble a lot. And I thought he actually performed quite well. If you'd put Mac Jones in that situation, I would love to see how he did. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's Mm. the thing where I always think it's so easy to forget how difficult, how different these situations, these different quarterbacks are going into. And it's such an important point. And I think that Zach Wilson, I think he showed quite a lot of promise. It's going to be one of those seasons for the Jets where things mm. are going to go wrong mm. consistently. But it's those adjustments, it's those glimpses which you kind of have to take as more significant as you usually would considering how unlucky they have been this season so far already with injuries. It is interesting that you're up on Zach Wilson and refreshing actually because, and it's a theme that we've been getting into a lot on the pod recently and, and certainly on Edge Rushes in particular, the absurdity of the overreaction. I think because Zach Wilson had such a positive preseason and really positive, right? I mean, uh, Greeny was raving, he's a Jets fan, was raving about him and a lot of other experienced uh, experienced uh, guys were very big on Zach Wilson having a, a similar kind of uh, debut season to Justin Herbert. Although you know, obviously the the caliber of the Jets uh, team and uh, the situation is distinctly different to to the one that Herbert went in. Although you know, not altogether. And I think that's why when we saw that first half, mm, well, this is not what we expected mm. to see, and and all the concerns and vagaries of preseason were, were rearing their head but you're right the the adjustment from him from from the Jets coaching staff that is absolutely what should be keyed in on there and I think a huge amount of upside there for, for the Jets when you look at overall that that week one performance so with that in mind where are you on the Patriots and, and in particular the Patriots in this game because they're heavy favorites right the line is what 
The line has currently gone to six. Now I'm going to do that really, really annoying thing that where I gloat about what I took on Monday morning. Here we go. I got pages of three and a half on Monday morning. It mm. is always worth just going on the lines on Monday morning and seeing mm. if there's anything that's glaringly obvious that is going to move. I mean, right. that was always going to move. So you've People got three were, and yeah, a half, and it's three and a half, what? and now six, six. Wow. Yeah, okay. which I love the New England at three and a half. I mean, mm. we don't need to go on about Bill Belichick's capabilities against uh, rookies. He's twenty-one and six mm. against rookie quarterbacks, and He's only allowed rookies an average of 10 points in their last five games, which included Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Tua, Sam Darnold, and Daniel Jones. He actually shut Justin Herbert out last season, Bill mm. Belichick. So I think that is something definitely to consider. So at, at three and a half, I loved it. I think that you've still got a lot of things to work through with this New York Jets team. And I think the Patriots ultimately won that game last week. I kind of view it in my head as a gambler. Yes. They won that game last week if it wasn't for those two fumbles. I can't yep. see a Bill Belichick team or a Josh McDaniels team making those kind of mistakes in back-to-back weeks. That, that reminds me, take whatever the total number of carries for Ramondre Stevenson, take the under. Whatever it is. Hey, there you go. Maybe uh, we search that one out because that might, uh, um, not that he's necessarily going to have a, uh, well, carries in particular, I would just go, go under Stevenson, or, of course, Belichick, if in the spirit of your whole, the 2021 season is all meta, Belichick could call our bluff and give him 55 yeah, carries. Exactly. <laughs> Just give him the rock all the time. I think there's a running team. These The Patriots are going to be great all year. I think you'll yeah. see, I think Harris will have a big year, realistically. I think they've got one of the best run-blocking offensive lines. Mm. And that's why I'd be always believing, I think the Patriots will win this game. Mm. Six scares me a little mm. bit. Me too. It does. I, 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 you know, I think the Pats, look, we're going to have him in our acker, right? So... Uh, sneak peek of that. We like the Pats to win it, but six, are, yeah. And it's a great point you make. Get on early and that's where a, a lot of value can be found. I think the tight end set is, is two tight end set is, is critical. I think they're going to continue to roll that out. You're right. Again, a combination of the ground game, the 12 set. So I think looking at Henry or Johnny Smith and looking at um, total yards for either that of those. I mean, it, actually, I'll be interested. I haven't looked at how much they picked up in week one individually. Let's take a look. At- I thought Hunter Henry actually looked like he had quite a slow mm. start to life. And it looked like Johnny Smith was actually going to be the tight end that they targeted more in the passing game, which I was personally surprised by. Mm. Um, I mean, Johnny Smith had 42 yards for five receptions and Hunter right. Henry had 31 yards for three receptions. Yeah. I expect Johnny, if I was going to say prop bet, I would say expect both of those to go over yardage this week. Mm. And I think they'll actually target them a lot more um, than they did last week because they'll just be going up a much weak against a much weaker secondary. Yeah. Okay. Much so weaker secondary. Pats all the way. Could be some good prop bets in there if you want to take a look. What about the total, Nat? Well, you're 42 and a half, mm. one of the lowest of the week. Yeah. Last season, seven of New York's games hit the over. So I, I, mean, quite, I quite like the over when it's that low. I think I think that is recency you bias. Like that, with, don't you? Yeah. Well, I do. I do feel that you know. But well, we've talked about both games, right? In uh, that were uh, not you know hugely prolific in terms of offense. And I think people look at that. I think, oh, this this Pat's team is going to be grinding it out and getting. 2016 wins and you know 21-14 wins and and that might be the case. But I think. W- 
I suppose my worry there is how much the Jets can put up if that line without Beckton particularly implodes. If, if the Pats, uh, to your point, neutralize neutralize Wilson in the way that um, they have done and Belichick has done historically time and time again with young quarterbacks and he's not getting anything near the kind of protection he needs, that could get messy. But let's assume that happens and they rack up 17 generously. Do you see the Pats putting, what, 20? What, so the line was 41 or 41 and a half? 41 and a half. Mm, so, yeah. 42 and a half. 42 and a half. I don't know. I'm not, not so sure. I think all data and analysis points towards the under. Mm. The Patriots have been one of the most prolific under teams mm. um, for over the past two years. And the Jets, similarly, especially when they're going up in the game where they're not just going to get blown out, usually mm. also uh, hit the under. My only thing that, that, and this is again me probably being slightly higher on Zach Wilson than most, is is this going to be one of those games or one of those moments where you say, no matter what happens this season, do you remember Zach Wilson and his performance against Belichick and the Patriots? <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? It's right. like, it does feel like that could happen. I Break either see this game, this game yeah. being the Patriots win 17-10 and mm. they just run the ball the whole way, completely dominate the clock, don't give the Jets anything, win the turnover battle mm. and it's just a stereotypical, mm. well-game-managed right. yep. game by Belichick and Mac Jones. Or there's that slight part of me that just says, could Zach Wilson come out here and despite all of the issues, despite the loss of Beckton, despite the lack of an offensive line, is he going to put on a show? Mm. Is he going to show everyone to his first game in his home crowd mm. that he is the guy that will carry this team forward even if mm. it's not this season? I'm not saying they're going to win it. I don't think they're going to win it. But I'm just saying if he put throws for a couple of touchdowns, that's when it could get quite interesting. Mm. Those are my two ways I see this game playing and that's why I'm not really leaning towards... I'm leaning towards Pat's money line. Mm. And most likely probably a couple of couple of different prop bets. But yeah. apart from that, I don't see, I think there's too many different ways this game could go. What I does Matilda that. think? I second that. Matilda, well, we put most of Matilda the Cats focus on, on Ravens Chiefs, of course, which is, um, uh, you know, a real problem for her with um, the fact that she has, as a, as a cat, um, a natural disposition against, the Ravens. Um, and so I was trying to talk her into a bit of balance and to, to really weigh it up, to follow your lead in terms of analyzing proper data and to reach a reasoned opinion, not with her gut, but with, with science. In the end, uh, we put uh, two bowls of biscuits in front of her and one was Ravens and one was Chiefs. And whichever one she went to first, is her pick. And I think as we do Matilda the uh, Cats picks throughout the course of the season, that is what we're going to, what we're going to roll with. It does make the most sense, but you do need to film it. We, ah, we do. That's a, that's a good point. We hadn't filmed it. I mean, that would be interesting. Maybe we could do a go around and see if she makes the same pick. So shall I show, let's go to Sunday Night Football now. Matilda the Cat. Yeah. Despite her feelings against, yes, Matilda the Cat went towards the Ravens. The 0-1 Matilda the Cat, by the way. The o- we just- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, that again, the Falcons, uh, which we know she's... A, she's she's a back dead. in the birds. Yeah, back she's- in the birds. So she went towards the Ravens, Matilda the Cat. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with who knows the complexity and the deep waters in that mind. That's a t-shirt back in the birds. Matilda Cat. Back in the birds. The birds. But come on then, talk to me about Sunday Night Football. 
Mm. What are your thoughts going into this? How concerned are you about Lamar Jackson fumbling the ball? I'm not too concerned about that. I think that's whilst obviously incredibly significant in the trajectory of that game and, and the strip sack, most notably, uh, well, both both were significant. You know, let's not get carried away with that. I, I'm worried about the lack of Marcus Peters more, I think, and, mm-hmm. and depleted secondary against against the Chiefs. And I think saw- Jimmy Smith might be out as well. That's one to watch. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, I mean, who am I to disagree with the, the sage wisdom of Matilda the Cat, who in her 17 years on Earth has seen a lot, you know, and uh, and often we find her staring out of the window and in a zone that we're not quite sure where she's heading, maybe, you know, in a different uh, reality dimension. Just uh, wondering what happened to Matt Ryan against the Eagles. <laughs> wondering what happened to Matt Ryan against the Eagles. The first drive looked so promising. It, she was, I mean, she wandered into the room with red zone on and was uh, was very happy about what was going on. It was downhill from there. But I, I, I can't see... Uh, beyond the Chiefs in, in this game, I, I I can't. I think for the the injury issues that uh, that that the Ravens have, I think that they will lean on the ground game, obviously. But the Chiefs will expect that I, again. I, I liked some of what I saw from Lamar in the air, and I think it's a massive problem that Rashad Bateman's out at the moment, and that receiving core just to me doesn't stack. There isn't enough strength and depth there. There there aren't enough playmakers. There are no Sammy Watkins. Yeah, don't fancy the Watkins revenge game. What is the what is the Watkins revenge game, isn't it? Yeah. I hadn't considered that. That is an interesting point. Always like a bit of a revenge game. Well, Sam, he had a big game, Sammy, didn't he? So you know maybe- that one pass where Lamar Jackson rolled out to throw to Watkins in the end zone, though, I thought was an absolute beauty. Mm. That one I thought was sensational, and that was a sign of that how good Lamar Jackson. How, yeah, handed, yeah, and how good Lamar Jackson can be. There's not many quarterbacks mm. who could have, like the majority of quarterbacks would have been sacked in that yes. position. Yeah. That's the one thing about Lamar Jackson, but no, I would tend to agree with you. Uh, and of course the questions about the, the chiefs D and, um, uh, and that is clearly where the Ravens will, will exploit on the ground and establish that. And then, you know, with the sucker punch, I just, I, I, I don't see the Ravens D being able to, to hold back uh, the Kansas city offense with, with the injury issues they have. So I, I, I where are you on the over on this? Cause I'm guessing it's going to be ridiculously high. 55 and a half, 55 and a half. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's probably, did that, has that gone up a lot during the week? Uh, no, I would assume that it would have probably been there for the majority of the time. I think it started at 54 and it might have moved up to 55 and a half after what we saw on both Monday night football and Chiefs versus Browns. That's too high for me. I'm afraid. I just don't see that necessarily being the case in this game, but in terms of the Chiefs pick, I would be leaning towards it with you. Three and a half is obviously a dangerous number. We know that Yeah, for several reasons, just because it's outside of that field goal line. But John Harbour has struggled against Andy Reid in his career. And he has just a one and five record against him in their six meetings. Mm. And that that includes four consecutive losses to the Chiefs. And in three of those games, had Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, the Chiefs won by an average of seven points per game. Mm. So looking at that, it makes sense to believe that Andy Reid will basically be able to exploit, as he has done every single time against Harbaugh, how much Harbaugh blitzes. And Mahomes just throws over the top every single time and exploits that and makes the most of it. And that's why the Chiefs have been able to dominate. The one thing that I, I saw, which really was alarming to me, though, mm. for the Ravens, and I think this might be going back to your point, a little bit of um, a sign of the lack of receiving court. Although I thought Mark Andrews had a uncharacteristically poor game. Mm. If Mark Andrews continues to 
perform like that, then I think the Ravens are going to be a serious problem because he's mm. always been where Lamar Jackson's yeah, gone to on third like down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Baltimore finished the day three for 12 on third down. Third down, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which I think that ranked 20th in week one. I think for a team that you would expect to be Super Bowl contenders, I think that's an alarmingly mm. low number. And that's where I think the Ravens have a little bit more finding themselves to do this season in terms of establishing what they're going to do without J.K. Dobbins and mm. Gus Edwards as an offense, because I assume they probably would have gone to one of those two for third downs. And what happened to, to those guys in terms of injuries has probably massively affected that. And so the point I you made, I think, towards... on on last week's show. Sorry, I'll take. Yeah, no, you go. No, you go. You made last week on um uh, on just the the range that those two backs give you, right? In terms of the versatility, in terms of plays you can call because they're they. they uh, contrast uh, and complement each other, I should say, so so well. Where are you? This is something we chatted about with I and Mike on on the Monday review show. Where are you on the Chiefs' strength and depth? Because we just talked about the strength and depth or lack of at the moment for, for Lamar offensively. Obviously, injury affecting the, the ground game, but with receivers as well. But a lot was made. I felt. Uh, unnecessarily so about well you know 300 of those yards were kelsey and hill and none of the others really delivered and i uh, and mike made the point that which is a very good one as usually is the case with i mike that fine when you're playing uh you know regular season ball but in the deep waters of the playoffs that's when the range is going to hurt you right when you're up against uh an elite d and uh and Hill gets taken out of the game, you know, Belichick takes Kelsey or tries to neutralize the impact of either or both of those players. Then that's when the, the, the secondary cast really steps up. And that is, it, I, I'm in two minds about this. Cause on the one hand I see, well, if you, those two are getting 300 yards and three touchdowns between them, happy days. But then you think about the, the Andy Reed blueprint and the fact that there are these different, shapes and styles of weapons coming from all sides that are interchangeable, right? Belichick talks about this a lot, how it's not just Hill is so different from Kelsey. It's the fact that on one play, Hill could be lining up here and Kelsey here. And then the very next play, they're basically flipping and reversed and you're just scratching your head thinking, how the hell do I stop this? Do you feel that the Chiefs uh, aren't, have enough range to fully deliver on the Andy Reid vision? The one thing that I find interesting about this point, because I was thinking about it going into the season, but just looking at, realistically, they've just lost Sammy Watkins. Yeah, and Edward Hilaire, obviously, they hope was going to be a much more prolific, you know, if he stays fit. Yeah, exactly. So, and in losing Sammy Watkins last year, they're only losing two touchdowns and 421 yards. Mm. And that also includes a fumble. And that's where <laughs> I kind of look at it and just say, I don't know whether that, whether Andy Reid, Andy Reid ultimately knows a lot more about this Chiefs team than we do or Hot pretty take. much anyone <laughs> or pretty much anyone else in the that world is, for that That's matter. my favourite quote. Uh, in the yeah. <laughs> so Andy Reid, I'm not sure I agree with you all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. That's when they, this stuff, I kind of look into it and I think he probably looked at it and goes, we got to the Super Bowl and probably had a very good chance of winning that Super Bowl if it wasn't for what happened in the week and the offensive line issues yeah. and said that we didn't really lack 
depth at receiving core or lack depth in weapons. We barely used Le'Veon Bell, who everyone thought was going to come in and change the yep. way this offense was played. Yeah, yeah. Edwards Hilaire is undoubtedly, he didn't necessarily have the biggest week last week going. I think they need to improve how he's incorporated in, incorporated into the passing game. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I think that's something that will develop as the season goes on. So uh, that's my reasoning behind why I don't think their lack of depth in terms of weapons is going to be an issue. I mean, when Robinson needs to step up, he always has, the Marcus yep. Robinson that yeah, is. Yeah. When McCall Hardman needs to step up, it's usually in the, on the deep ball, mm-hmm. which he will do throughout the season. So that's where I don't necessarily have that much of an issue with the Chiefs. The only focus you've got really was what their glaring issue was last year, which was the offensive line. And that's what they went out and fixed. So I don't yeah. see why there needs to be necessarily the conversation about the lack of depth of weapons. Um, especially when you've got two of the best receiving receivers in the league, you're mm. going to do all right. On the line as well. And remember, they're up against, uh, you know, uh, they had their hands full, uh, should we say, against uh, against this Cleveland front. Orlando Brown was the, was the weak link, perhaps surprisingly. He gave up five pressures, uh, but that was against Miles Garrett, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure on every single one, but, but Garrett was obviously wreaking havoc as he usually does. But the rookies... Uh, Creed Humphrey didn't allow any pressure from center and Trey Smith, just a single at right guard. So report card, pretty good for, for the new chiefs line against, well, it's a pretty stern test. And I think, is it going to be, uh, it, I don't think it's going to be sterner against this Ravens front. Right. So uh, compared to Cleveland. So I'm, I, I like Cleveland. Uh, the uh, I like uh, Kansas city. The over worries me at that level um it feels like you're in kind of dangerous yeah, I territory agree. i think a lot of people will back it it'll probably go up actually because you tend to have oh yeah the monday with sunday night football yeah. people chasing and and everyone wants the over and so i think you'll see a lot of uh, more you might see movement to go higher so there may be value if you think it's going to be a bit of a shootout to, to look at it now but uh yeah cheese for me ravens for matilda the cat what about you, Propo? I'm going to go with the Chiefs, I'm afraid, Matilda. I just think I completely agree with you. I think that there was too many alarm bells raised um, on Monday Night Football in terms of issues that the Ravens have. I don't think they're a bad football team in any way. I'm not going to react, overreact to that loss and say that they're not going to be a playoff or even Super Bowl contender. But I think going this is a, ba- a very, very bad time for the Ravens to play the Chiefs. Mm. I think that especially with the momentum that the Chiefs will take off the back of that second half against the Browns, it compared to the momentum that the Ravens lack from that overtime loss, I think it's just they could have really done with a Jets at home matchup. Mm. Mm. I think they could have really done with something just a little bit easier mm. going into this week. I don't think Harbaugh's really going to be, he's always seems to struggle against Andy Reid and I don't see this week being any different. But then at the same time, that way, way stranger things have happened. Uh, well, right. As yeah. we've already seen. And I think if I'm right, the Ravens have the Lions week three. So, you know. Oh, there we go. There we go. So I guess nice for them from that moment onwards. So yeah, they can, they can go and two. Everyone will start calling them out and then... From that moment onwards, they'll probably go six-game winning streak. All right, quick line on on cards, Vikes, and then we'll get into your prop bets and our three-team money line treble. So, are you feeling anything uh, strongly on cards, Vikes? Because uh, I am, I think, I'm guessing like like Vegas fe- leaning cards for sure. It all depends on the line because that Vikings offensive line, and this maybe is a prototypical 
reacting unnecessarily to what what we saw in week one. Chana Jones got a gazillion sacks. Yeah. The Vikings line is really, really poor. The cards are going to steamroll them. That's the, that's the logic, right? That's where I'm kind of going. But Rashad Hill is the Vikings left tackle, was beaten eight times. And that's against the Bengals, right? So Chana Jones and co are going to be licking their chops, but it's very hard to repeat that same level of, uh, of pressure and ultimately execution that Chana Jones managed. How heavy favorites are the cards? So the cards were two and a half point favorites mm. before week one in this game. Five and, and a half? It, no, then it went to four and a half mm. and it's crept back down to three and a half now mm. because of the sharps are all coming in. All the tickets are being cashed on the, Vi- oh, on the Cardinals and all the money's being cashed on the Vikings right. because yeah. of exactly that point. Because, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of week two sharps from what I've been reading are literally just going to be betting on overreactions. So mm. like counterpoints to overreactions. So if mm. your team, and there's some, statistically, if your team wins by a blowout in week one, you usually don't cover the spread next week and mm. vice versa. If you get blown out, you usually cover the spread in week two. Just because of how drastic, you'll never see a difference in standards of teams between like any other week than week one and week two. So it seems to be a very common thread that Sharps will always focus on those teams that mm. everyone will be sort of bailing out on or going all in on mm-hmm. because of performances in week one mm-hmm. and doing exactly the opposite. I mean, there's a lot of, when I've been, from what I've been understanding of gamblers, professional gamblers, is it's basically an analysis of group psychology. Mm. And effectively what you're trying to do is go against the public and yes. go, and that's kind of the idea behind it. And kind yes. of, because you're basically trying to think like a bookie. Yes. And that's what a bookie's trying to do the whole time. That's where the, that's where the value is, right? Because that's exactly where the Hard value to is. ignore your gut, but that's... that's yeah. The, that's well, that's the, the thing. It's like, how can... Because you just go, because it's like... And probably me a couple of years ago, three or four years ago, would go, in what world will the Cardinals not beat the Vikings mm. by more than four points here? Mm-hmm. Like, in what world? From what we saw, Cardinals, after mm. last week, there'd be a case to argue that they were one of the better teams in this league right now. Mm. JJ Watt looks like he's completely changed his defensive front, not just because of what the pressures he was able to get, but what that allows Chandler Jones, Jones to do. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray's fit again, and mm-hmm. that means that he can move with his legs and make plays that no one else can do. You're not only adding AJ Green to the offense, but Hopkins looks like he's gone even made him better this year. Like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like, there is so such an easy case to come out here and say the Arizona Cardinals are the team to take. But then you look at it, the Vikings had nine new starters on defense mm. last week. Mike Zimmer notoriously has a great defense and usually mm-hmm. has them well prepared. And I don't think, and I think a lot of the times, if it wasn't for a Dalvin Cook fumble, Kirk Cousins would have led his team to a comeback win last week, a 14-point comeback win. This is in, in Minnesota, right? This is in... This is in Arizona. Oh, it's in Arizona. Okay. It is in Arizona, yeah. So that's where I think you look at that number looks way too low because that basically mm. makes this game seem like a pick with just Arizona being slightly favoured at home. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, look, I... Um, absolutely with you on watching what the Sharps are doing. You've summed it up perfectly. We talked about it around it uh, with regards to Sunday Night Football, right? Which is Sunday Night Football traditionally, typically 
lots and lots of gamblers chase chasing their losses, bad beats, and want the over as well. And so particularly as well, if there's a team like the Cowboys in Sunday Night Football, you're kind of piling on them. There are teams that traditionally the general public will support and certain trends that will almost always happen. And some playing against those trends and the, and the thundering herd makes a huge amount of sense that <laughs> that notwithstanding, <laughs> I, I like the cards in this game. I, I do. I think everything you've described, how fluent they were on both sides of the ball. And Kyla looked great. And they were great for the first half of last season, right? It was no brilliant. No, I love the Arizona Cardinals. This is it, what this is the what Sharks I would call a shut your eyes. If I was going to take the Vikings here, this is what the Sharks would call a shut your eyes, bet it and just, don't, right. don't look until you see yeah. what the result is. Because <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. be pretty. It's yeah. not going to be pretty. So like, let's mm. just, going on this narrative, because mm. I think this narrative is interesting. Let's just run through some of the games that I, I want to get you just quick picks. Like we're not mm. going to, these won't be official picks. We won't review them next week. Okay. But I should, just I get, get your, should I get Matilda? Or, or would yeah, yeah, get Matilda, get Matilda. But <laughs> get I just want yourself. your quick takes okay. on these games because these are all the ones which people have been looking at as the yeah. ones that people are going to be overreacting to. Straight up or or with the... So the spread, the spread. Okay, so you give me the spread as well. So okay. Rams at Colts. Yeah. Rams, three and a half point favourites. Rams. <laughs> yeah. 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 All the Sharps uh, are on the Colts, I'm All sure. the Sharps are on the Colts, yeah. yeah. So... Saints at Panthers. Saints are three and a half <laughs> yeah, point favorites. Yeah, uh, sure. I get where this is going. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that is a more interesting one because you, you know I'm, I'm higher on the the uh, Panthers. Panthers than uh, than a lot mm. of people were this season, uh, and I, you know, I saw a lot of good stuff obviously last week that opponents notwithstanding. So um, mm, three and a half. It's that number again. Oh, that's the that's the thing. But yeah, if I'm being honest with you, I'd say Saints. <laughs> okay, Broncos at Jags. Oh, this is a on, real okay. one. Where come if on. I was going to take the all the charts I've been reading, would be taking the Jags. If I took the Jags here, yeah, I would honestly not be able to watch this game. I don't think it would yeah. be so stressful. What are the Jags? Jags are plus five and a half. Five. Oh no, I, I like the Broncos there. Yeah, yeah. I'm that's what I'm the saying. Broncos. I would love the Broncos, yeah. right? But they're all taking the Jags because that's where the value is. Because everyone's out on the Jags. Oh, unbelievable! What uh, this is these sharps. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy because it's, it's all this buy low, sell high. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. all of these things. And then the final one, which I know, I surely know where you're going on this. Titans plus four and a half against Seahawks. <laughs> There's no way you're not taking the Seahawks here, is there? Oh, no, oh, no, no. I'm actually quite big on the, the bounce back game for the Titans. Are you? Yeah, we're oh, plus okay, four and a half. Yeah, I think I think the Seahawks will win. But I, well, you, I would take a leaf out of your book, Propo. I would look at what's the team total for the Titans? That's a good shout, actually. The team total for the Titans. So the line is about 53 and a half. So I mm. reckon will be about 20, 24. Let me just 24 and a half. half. Yeah, 24, 24. And a half. Yeah, that's where I'd look at more. I think they have a bounce back offensive game, but I do think the Seahawks Seahawks win. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But, I mean, no, it's a bit oh, interesting. hell of a game to call. I mean, it, this is... That'll be a fun game. Yeah, looking forward to that. All right. So any prop bets? Yes, I've got three prop bets. I've, ch- I've changed my I've changed my angle. I've done a little bit more research to see if I can find the lines. More research? How is that? Well, possible? no, but more research because one of the reasons why last week I did the anytime touchdown scorers was because mm. they didn't release any. It's very hard to find receiving yards and rushing mm. yards at this early in the week, especially on UK bookies. Yeah, so I've had to kind of explore different avenues and find ways of finding these over yardages. If they're not exactly accurate, I'm just pre warning that. But this is the, this is what I found from American bookies, and they usually translate over pretty well. So the first one I'm going to be taking, and this completely buys into buy low, sell high, is Mike mm-hmm. Evans over 53 and a half yards. 
Mm. I just don't think there's any reason to be concerned by this lack of production in week one. The mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, explained that Dallas literally had a plan for Evans to keep mm-hmm. him under wraps. Mm-hmm. And as teams always should for the opponent's number one wide receiver. But then you get then have Godwin and Brown going for 100 plus yards and a touchdown, which mm-hmm. now forces the Falcons, who we know how weak their secondary is anyway, to focus as much on Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin as they will do on Evans. And that's mm-hmm. why I think this number is way too low. I think he'll definitely go over 53 and a half yards. Yeah, but- I, I know Tom Brady's 110 years old, but at the same time, he still will throw to him. Just had his birthday. He's 110. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he's exactly 110. Um, my second one is... Quick word, how sad was it to see Jerry Judy getting carted off? Oh, Especially after the start that he had. Yeah, really, really gutting. I mean, I think he was he was in for a stellar season. Hopefully he won't be out for too long. I think it's going to be, what, six to eight weeks around that ballpark. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's always a slightly ambiguous number when it's... Exactly. You, you know, never quite know what it is, but basically just wish he's back, hope he's back as soon as possible because yeah. I think he was in for a really good season. But with that in mind, I think the biggest increase in production you're going to see for Denver and Teddy is in the tight end Nerf fan. Mm. So I'm taking him over 45 and a half yards. Mm-hmm. He led the team with eight targets on Sunday and finished with six receptions for 62 yards. And he's up against a way weaker defense in the Jaguars than he was against the Giants. And consider, I mean, uh, yeah. And considering the Jags allowed Tyrod Taylor to cook, I'm expecting Teddy to cook in this game as well. So I think Noah will have a lot of fun. Teddy's with Teddy getting on the this spices one. out. He's getting... He's getting the old uh, Delia Smith books Do you know out. what his cover... Do you know what Teddy's cover rate is on the road, by the way? Teddy Covers is what people were calling him now. Mm, Teddy He's 21 and four on the road in covering the spread. Teddy Bridgewater is now. I love Teddy Bridgewater. Love Teddy. Uh, I'm most Teddy. underrated, most underrated player. Love Teddy. Got to be up. He, honestly, did you see him stiff arming defenders last week as well? I thought he was sensational. Obviously, I was watching that game hoping for no points, but I was really enjoying Teddy Bridgewater's play. I thought he was brilliant. And we've then my been final one. Up the Broncos, oh, we've been bigging them up. I know. I really, yeah, but I know we're bigging up the Broncos defense. I think their offense. It's a shame about Judy, yeah. but I He's really Judy. like the Broncos. Well, I really Hammer like can Teddy. step up. Yeah, and Darby's yeah. out though, isn't he? as well yeah yeah he is but I think I still think that's why I'm not necessarily going to look at that game but we look at the props for sure yeah um, and then my last one is I'm really excited for this game as well I think the Chargers Cowboys game is going to be an absolute points fest mm. and one person who I expect to feast is Mike Williams I think he, over 57 and a half over 57.5 yards I think he should cover that talent has never been the question for Mike Williams it's always just been staying on the field and staying fit and it's actually probably one of the more surprising stats of week one. Not that many people were high on him going into the season, but Williams had 12 targets, mm-hmm. eight passes for 82 yards and a score. Washington mm. is undoubtedly one of the better defences in this league. And if mm-hmm. he's able to do that against that team, I think he should have, have an absolute field day against this Cowboys team who now don't have Demarcus Lawrence getting pressure to Justin Herbert. I think this is going to be that game where we realise how great this Chargers offence is going to be this season and how electric it's going to be behind that offensive line. And I mm-hmm. think Mike Williams will be one of the recipients of that. And I think mm-hmm. he should go over 57 and a half yards. Mike Williams, loving that. All right, brilliant. Propo, uh, laying it down. So get on those. Uh, let's wrap things up with our treble of the week. So money line treble. No, lock. Oh, Drew Lock of the week. Oh, oh Drew Lock of the week. You know, I've got one. You go first. You've got one. <laughs> <laughs> You've got one and oh. Okay. And then you're retiring. Are you just going to uh, retire just, at one and oh? <laughs> yeah. Mike drop out. Yeah, I have yeah. no, you know what? I, 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 yeah, I, I know. What, I've already given my Drew Lock of the week. I'm going, I'm going for the Packers to cover. Okay, your Packers minus 11 and a half yeah. to cover. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm going... So controversial again in that. Mm-hmm. Not only did I start my week, my Drew Locks of this season with an under, mm. 
I'm going back to back unders. Back to back unders. You're going to be doing first half unders next. Off. Back to back unders now. Let me see if I can guess which game you're going under. Yeah, I don't think you... you'll be able to guess this. I don't no, think really? you'll be able to guess this. Oh, so and it's I'm not interested. The no, it's not the Patriots. And I'm interested to see or hear what you have to say about this game as well. I want to get Bill a quick Stolfins. take from you. No. Mm-hmm. All right, tell me. Raiders Steelers. Raiders Steelers under. What is the, the under? 47. 47. Okay. The Raiders have gone. Six games in a row over. Mm-hmm. So that's why I am selling high now. You are like the I am the selling high. <laughs> yeah, I am really <laughs> buying into this right now. A- but I honestly think Vegas were able to post seven passing plays of 20 or more yards in week one. Mm. The most of any team by far an opening weekend. Mm. Their offensive line is banged up. Mm. The Steelers pass rush is easily one of the best in, in the league. And they'll be putting on way too much pressure on so Carr for any of those big plays to develop. And then and, and, the, and the Steelers will grind it out. So 45 and a half, did you say? 40, 47. 47. Ooh, okay. 47. And also, let's be honest, this is not a high-flying Pittsburgh attack that yeah, we've seen true. in years past. True. I think he, Roethlisberger only managed 190 yards in the air. And mm. I think that Najee Big Harris struggled. This yeah. offensive line in terms of run run protection is still abysmal. Yeah. So I don't see, I think this is going to be an old school Steelers season that I expect Love most Pittsburgh games will be low scoring. Mm. And I think this one will certainly go below 47. I can't wait for Pittsburgh, New England. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. I, I'm just taking, I'm soaking it all in all. That's what I'm doing because that was, it did take me a little bit by surprise. The whole, Drew Lock of the Week, uh, a segment, Frank. <laughs> Frank did. But uh, let's see. All right. So we're both 1 and 0, and we are going, we're going to have some kind of trophies and championship kind of forfeit, maybe. In- yeah, we'll definitely, have, I reckon we have a trophy of some sort. Yeah, I think we have a- completely ignored the forfeit. When are we doing our combine, by the way? Well, when we go to the Super Bowl, obviously. We're doing it at the Super Bowl. We're doing it in LA. Okay. Right. Yeah, we're doing it in LA. All right. Uh, Moneyline treble. So we are. Have I not? Have we not got? Have we not got? Did we change this from? So we've got. We like the Pats, right? They're definitely in there. We're definitely yeah. in the Pats. We don't necessarily think they're going to cover ah, the six, right, okay. but we think they're going to win the game comfortably. Um, I just think it's Belichick against a rookie quarterback. Belichick against a rookie head coach. Mm-hmm. I am. It would be. It would take a much, much braver and stronger man than me to back against Bill Belichick. Love that all the way. I like the Pats. The line, as we talked about earlier, hmm, but. Uh, Bucks against the Falcons. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say no brainer, <laughs> but I, uh, but yeah, I, I can't see any here an argument how the Falcons will uh, keep this close uh, to the Bucks uh, money line. What is the Bucks line actually? The point eleven and a half. Eleven and a half. Okay, yeah. No way. Might, no way. That might be danger zone, but but the money line, yeah. Uh, and then the Broncos is the controversial one, right? So we this is what we what did we who do we sweep it? We put the Bucks in because we took out uh, initially 49ers we took out, didn't we? I've, I've felt, lost I've lost all interest on the 49ers. I think the yeah. loss of Jason Barrett has um mm. changed things from what I initially thought when I picked the 49ers. And also yeah. I think the Eagles um, as much as I was proud of myself for picking them last week against the Falcons, which was an unpopular pick, mm. I was happy with that. But mm. I think the, I think the Eagles are going to be that sneaky team that no one backs until they're suddenly seven yeah. and two. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. no one realizes no one that they're actually going yeah. to be a threat this season until they put up a serious good record. And I think the 49ers being banged up puts that in a little bit. I just don't, I'm not as confident as I am about the Broncos being the Jags, basically. Yeah. Okay. So Broncos, Bucks, Pats uh, are three line. 
uh, rather three team money line treble. So take those straight up. Don't play the points, just play them for the win. That is just over even. So nice work if you can get it, as the saying goes. Fine stuff, Propo. Uh, quick update for our listeners. Have you started watching The Wire yet? No. Unbelievable. No, I don't have, what do you, where do you think I have time to start watching The Wire, considering how much... Do you know how much American football is on right now? Do you know how excited I am? No, I don't know about how much American football is on right now. Well, no, it doesn't sound like it. If you think I've got time to watch The Wire... Yeah, that's a fair point. It's also, fair... you've got to, you haven't even given credit. This is the first time I have struggled for, and you're a West Ham fan and a Dolphins fan, so you can appreciate this as well. Actually, we yeah. should celebrate this together. I am a Cincinnati Bengals and a Stoke City fan. Yeah, right. right. So I have been through three years of hurt, <laughs> yeah. like real hurt and real struggle. And for Stoke City, despite the really tough draw with Barnsley last night, really poor refereeing performance, uh, won't go too deep into that. Um, but yeah, we are currently in the top six and we look like one of the better teams in the league. And Joe Burrow is the truth, Matt. I'm sorry. Oh, the Bengals are so exciting to watch. I love the Bengals. That Jamar Chase play. Yeah. Oh, I've watched it a million times. I've watched it a million times. He is lights out good. They're very exciting. Lights very exciting. So, Offensive yeah. rookie of the year. Offensive rookie. I just, I just love. Yeah, even if we, even it. if we go one and sixteen, now I'm fine. I yeah, just exactly. watching that game, blazing, just... wheeling out, wheeling out. Uh, yeah. Well, that is good. I'm glad, and, and you're right. I do sympathise very much with the. So no, um, I don't have time for the wire. Fair enough. You still need to sort it out. We need to get that campaign going. Propo for the wire. At the NC Show, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you've got questions for the show, we can always roll those into Edrush. If you uh, have any fire them in, many thanks to all of you who are interacting with us on social, on those channels, uh, bigging us up on, or otherwise, <laughs> on uh, mm. iTunes. So that's generally very positive on iTunes. Although, you know, one or one or two uh, dissenters on Twitter, I noticed for Edge Rush, some smack talk going on there. I hope you did engage with the, with the troll. Oh, yeah. What did he say? What did he say again? I can't remember. Oh, so has there, the- there ever been a podcast with more worse takes in it than ours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah but listen i'm i'm having lunch with mike carson a bit later on so i'll tell him to, <laughs> to that definitely was one of carson's burner accounts oh, that is a great show yeah burner. oh carson uh we actually i think we talked about this on the show with carson right? i can't remember if it was on it this week or when we were about to start recording but when we were doing the live games back in the day on late night late games on channel four and twitter uh, Carlson basically discovered Twitter around the same time as the coverage moved to Channel 4 and would just sit there constantly replying to, to live. And we, that time of night, you know, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners, our listeners on this show, old school, uh, you know, from that era, properly engaged, interactive crew. I mean, I think this is one of the things all that that is missing right now in in terms of uk nfl i know that they do a great job with the the channel five show that goes out and they're recreating that a little bit but the fact that sunday night football is going out without studio uh and you know it'll sound like the skin of the game here but uh, it's not not where why i'm going with it and you know maybe that would be uh you know that would be time for a different different generation to run that particular show anyway but it's just missing the missing that that interaction and i think that was a big part of the community build over here and, and the growth of the game anyway carson would sit there and we get a lot of traffic a lot of tweets and he would just reply to all of them particularly those having a pop which would of course prod the bear and there's been more and more <laughs> that is brilliant so five seconds before we become back a division production assistant be like, might get the you know like running and grabbing his laptop out of shot and we should start time. speaking on that because i think you're bang on with that i think there is a lack of interaction especially considering that if you're staying up sunday night football you're usually 
it's unlikely you're going to have a mate round on a Sunday night at that time if you're going to have work the next it's day. You're usually going to be on your own. So you're working, yeah. Yeah, so my campaign now mm. is to get Mike Colson a Twitch stream. Oh, Carlson on Twitch. Dangerous. Uh, let's work on it. Dangerous. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously dangerous. That highlight reel it. will be sensational. I love it. Um, How many times will it go down? <laughs> oh boy I, I am actually having lunch with him today and it, how many times will he be so in shot how many times will, what percentage of the game will he actually be in shot Ooh, will he okay. be outside? over under yeah. 38% he's actually in vision <laughs> <laughs> his entire head it's like yeah. kind of part of his part of his specs kind of edge of the screen that doesn't count it's got to be if you were doing face recognition on your on your phone that's that qualifies as in yeah, vision yeah, yeah, yeah. 34% honestly I think that's probably too low too high. I love it. Too high, yeah. Very I good. love it. Um, brilliant stuff. Uh, we will be back. Speaking of uh, I am Mike, back on Monday with our weekly review show. So review, <laughs> review show. Mm-hmm. So that's Monday. Uh, so check that out. Uh, more episodes coming think of us next week. Some great guests lined up over the coming weeks. So keep it here on the NC Show Propo. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, sir. See you next time. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.